Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. If you're in the know, and by that I mean part of our secret little club where you put money in Carol's locker and you can get some mixtapes. Those mixtapes will be available very soon. I believe we're sort of sending them out to some people pre, you know, making them exclusive just so everyone knows they're out there. And those should be available for you tomorrow. So check that out and check out our secret club. (laughs) You make it sound like we're like eight-year-old kids in a clubhouse in our backyard. Sometimes I feel that way. a a no no boys allowed or no girls allowed sign. Yeah, sometimes I feel that way. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like we're eight years old. Anyway, so the news... Today, there's not much. There's not much in the news, really. Uh, I did notice in the free press that it's sort of interesting. You can uh, you can get something called Free Press Plus. See movies with the help of Free Press Plus. Apparently, if you call a toll-free number, you know, a it's a 900 number. And you have to... 900 number. Yeah. Well, you've got to use a touchstone phone that isn't blocked from making toll calls. It's 85 cents a minute. And you can hear a star talk about his or her latest film and have a chance to win two movie passes for Michigan's Star Theaters. You can also send a postcard to Movie Line Free Press Plus, room 844-321, West Lafayette, Detroit, 48226. Drawings are every week, so if anyone's interested in trying to win some uh, movie passes, I guess you can do that if you want to hear a star talk about their movie. I, you think this is probably nation... I'm, I, I'm guessing this is nationwide. I'm, I'm sure the free press didn't just uh, contact all these stars and say, hey, do this just for us. Right. Well, no, I mean, the free press didn't, but it, they're giving away tickets to what movie theater? The Star Theaters. You know, so, those those new theaters. I think there's supposed to be one coming by us soon. So it could be from Star Theater. It could be. Yeah, that's that's true. I don't know. It doesn't sound great. Let me ask you a question. You ever watch Ricky Lake? Yeah. I was watching uh, Ricky Lake the other day. Man, that is a weird, that is a weird talk show. What? What's weird about it? I don't know. It's just like, it's like a parade of freaks. That's what some of these shows are becoming. Have you ever noticed that? No. Just, you know, uh, this guy cheated on his girlfriend. What a freak. Here they both are. Yeah, but, so, (laughs) wow, okay. I'm sorry, but I mean that that's not nice behavior, but I wouldn't call it freakish. No, but having them both there to argue about it is. Yeah. I mean, it's like airing grievances over uh over the t- television. Right. No, I I get you. 
I think it's there for to make people feel better about their own lives. <laughs> Maybe. That's my guess. Uh, so, the only other thing I really have is, if you guys know who this is, he's really underground. I've heard a couple of his demos, but uh, this dude, Kid Rock, is performing two shows on June 19th, so that's next week. Ooh, we should go. At the Magic Bag Theater. I want to go to the Magic Bag. That sounds fun. It's a fun place to go. It's a very, very small... It's like a coffee shop, basically. So he's performing there. I don't know too much about him. I know a couple of his songs. Sort of like a... It's kind of like a a hip-hop-ish, you know, like kind of rock and roll mix. It's weird. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it will ever uh, take off or or anything like that. But but he's performing a couple shows there on June 19th at the Magic Bag Theater. So... Maybe you and I will go check it out. We can report uh, next week. I okay. think I forgot, too. I think I forgot to tell everyone that uh, this is June 11th, 1994. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just in case you didn't have your calendars handy. I forgot to say. I usually say the date up top just so, you know, if you've got... Because I, la- I don't really label these tapes. So, if you know, if you have them, you can at least kind of figure out what order they go in. If you ever want to listen to them again. Makes sense. Yeah, so, uh, let's get into the classifieds. Okay. What the do you got for us ma- this week? massive love connection, or whatever the hell we call this. Well, under the ma- male-seeking male, uh, assalamu alaikum. Again? Our, our Muslim prime minister is back. Oh, my. Yep, same, uh, same, same message with the... The looking for 18 and up black males to learn Islam, believe, obey God, Quran, Jesus, Bible, and establish a nation. We should call and find out what this is about. I really don't understand. It's pretty weird. Yeah, but I think this one is pretty interesting. I think this is just in the regular section. Uh, It's titled Bump and Grind. Oh my. But not Bump and Grind. Bump in grind. <laughs> I-N. So, I suppose they didn't have the ability to do the that like apostrophe before the end, so it's bump and grind. But they should have just done an N. Everyone would know what that meant. Bump yeah. and grind. Mm-hmm. Single, black, female, 24 and a half. So, she, <laughs> she's still counting half birthdays. Is she sure she's not 10 and a half? Sexy, gorgeous, full-figured China doll. Now, no offense to to black people out there, but China doll makes me think white. Right. It makes me think white, porcelain kind of skin, you know? Yeah. Not black. Huh. China doll, is that, is, that, is that just a reference to, like, smooth skin? Is that what they're... But Maybe. I, I don't know. The image I always get is that porcelain kind of... You know, like stark white skin. Yeah. If someone said they were a China doll, I wouldn't even expect them to have a tan. Right. You'd expect like that ghostly white look. Exactly. Yes. With pretty brown eyes, intelligent, independent, sensitive, not clean though. (laughs) Not clean or discreet. Seeks single black male with the same qualities. So a full figured, (laughs) a full figured China doll (laughs) guy with pretty brown eyes. If you're out there, 5'10 and over, 
24 to 32, 165 pounds plus. Parentheses, the bigger, the better. Oh, my. Employed, transportation, and financial security, a must. All replies are answered. See, that's what's more important to a single straight woman is that they have financial security, they're employed, they have transportation. That's more important than whether they're clean and discreet. Apparently, she really wants a big dude, too. You know, if if she's into bigger guys, starting at 165 pounds is pretty low, I would think. Well, she probably weighs like 160 pounds and wants to make sure he weighs more than her. Oh, oh interesting. Ah, good call there. So, what else have we got in here? <laughs> what is this? Okay, I want to see what section this is in. I think this is still women seeking, females seeking male. It says, you, John Galt. What the hell is that? I don't know. John Galt is a name. Me, Dagny. Dagny? U.S. 40-ish. Like fine dining, Merlot, walks, conversation, laughter, Bach, Brooks. Does she mean books? Or, like, Brooks, like actual, like, babbling Brooks. <laughs> maybe she means Garth Brooks. Yeah, maybe. Bruce Cure. Uh, or Bruce. Oh, Cure. Okay, see, these are musics. Oh, okay, You. it is Garth Brooks. She likes Bach, Garth Brooks, Bruce, meaning Bruce Springsteen. Cure, meaning The Cure. Right. Me. Uh, Metallica? Uh, no, I think this is another me, like, me section. IT... I don't know what that means. Italian, maybe? Maybe. Drink, smoke, libertarian ditto head. What in the hell? What is a libertarian? What's a ditto head? Libertarian ditto head. Oh, I want to talk to this person. I want to know. I want to understand this. This is, it's so weird. Like, you, John Galt. So, only people who are named John Galt can <laughs> I mean, respond. Maybe John Galt is something and we just don't know what. Well, that here, because it says, you, John Galt, me, Dagny. Sounds I, like cave person. I'm assuming that that is in reference to a book or something. Yeah, it's got to be. And probably she only wants people who get it. She wouldn't want us. That's all. You, John Galt. John Galt does sound somewhat familiar. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with uh, libertarian stuff. I don't know. Hmm. But uh, I don't know what a libertarian is, so... Do you know what a ditto head is? No, I don't know what a ditto head is either. These are things that I'm not super familiar with. You know, it's so funny. We, we usually look at the alternative section and like the men seeking men and, and those sections seem to make so much more sense. <laughs> Compared to some of this stuff, than yeah. Than the female seeking male. Yeah. Uh, weird. Just a bunch of weird stuff there. Let's go to the alternative. Yes. Let's Let's see if we can make some sense let's of stuff. Let's go back where the world makes sense. Affectionate black couple wants to meet attractive, shapely, by curious. Of course. Female. Prefer black, Asian, or oriental. So no white girls. With sensuous imagination. Isn't... Okay, so what do they mean by Asian or oriental? I, first of all, I didn't think we were saying oriental anymore. But yeah, I guess, no, I don't think I so. I guess we are. I don't know. No, they are. They're so they, wrong. Wait, maybe they want a rug, too. <laughs> oh, jeez. But Asian, like... 
quote unquote Oriental or people from the Orient or the, right. the subcontinent, uh, they are Asian. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would think Asian covers them. I I would think so too. And you know, it's funny. Like the one her ad barely made sense because she's trying to save space because they charge by the letter. Right. And then there are people like this who are redundant. Yeah. They obviously have money. <laughs> Well, they are a black couple looking for a bi-curious female. Uh, a bored married white male, 48, businessman from Oakland County, seeks a bored married white female for warm, discreet, affectionate quality time on a weekly basis. So why don't you try to have some warm, discreet quality time with your spouse and see if, you know, you don't feel less bored? Yeah, I don't know. And does the, does the woman have to be bored? <laughs> he said so. Could she be uh, totally, uh, I don't know, into things? He wants to uh, spark her back to life. Yeah, that seems to be a a common fetish here. (laughs) Handsome 31-year-old married male, white male, 6'1", 180 pounds, seeking attractive Hispanic slash Mexican female. Again, 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 Mexicans are Hispanic. Oh, you know what I think it is? They don't know how to say it right, so they're saying it both ways. They don't know if they should be saying Hispanic or Mexican. Yeah. Well, uh, just so you guys know, Hispanics are people from any Spanish-speaking country. So, Spain, they're Hispanic. Mexicans are Hispanic. Cubans are Hispanic. Brazilians are not, because they speak Portuguese in Brazil. They are, however, Latino. Because they are from Latin America. So most, well, no, I can't even say it that way because obviously people from Spain are Hispanic, but they're not Latinos because they're not in Latin America. Right. So they're, they're different things. Yeah, they're, they're different things, but Mexicans are both Latino and Hispanic. But they just said Mexican and Hispanic, which obviously Mexican is Hispanic. Well, anyway, he's looking for a Mexican girl for discreet adult get-togethers. Weight proportion to height. Oh, my. So, so I guess if you if you weigh like, if you're a female and you weigh like 250 pounds, that's cool as long as you're eight feet tall. Right? Or like if you're like Garfield where you're, you're not overweight, you're under tall. Could be, yeah. That, that could be it. <laughs> Let's do one more. Uh, I'm just going to pick one at random... Professional white couple, 49 and 47 years old. Isn't that... Is this what we have to look forward to? I sure hope not. Is this what happens when you get in your late 40s? You're just done with each other? Apparently. Uh, Looking for a couple... Oh, whoa, 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 Hold the fort here. Professional white couple, 49 and 47 years old. Looking for a couple or male... To explore fantasies, wife is bi curious. But if you're if wife's bi curious, you're looking for another dude, right? A this cu- is weird. Couple I get, but it's like not just two girls and the guy, either two guys and a girl or two couples. That's what they're looking for. Hmm. But the wife is bi curious. Well, I think he cares much less about her and more about himself because obviously he is also bi curious. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, if any of you out there have, uh, oh wait, 
straight married black Bible students with Bible telemarketing careers want single black female, 18 to 21, who will love telemarketing and the black male only. What? Again, you're making assumptions about what BM stands for. It's got a Bible man. (laughs) Straight married black Bible students. So that could be male or female. They're all married? They're, they're all married. That's what it says. Straight married black Bible students with Bible telemarketing careers. They want a single black female, 18 to 21, who will love telemarketing and the black males only. Okay, so they want these girls to come work at the telemarketing place, but they want to make sure that they're not bi-curious. But it seems like they only want one, one black female. Well, maybe they only have one job opening. But they're... They're seeking jobs? I mean, this is still in the alternative <laughs> section. Why, Maybe they got confused. Uh, I, don't, I don't... I think they're into some kind of, you know, orgy situation. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. Probably right. We're a bunch of married black males and we need a female in the office. Maybe just to play slap and tickle with. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they want to make believe it's 1978 again. I don't right. know. Right. Well, that is massive love. If you're a single black female out there that loves the BM, whatever that <laughs> means, then you, uh, you, you know, get in touch with them. Or, or don't, because it sounds creepy. So this week we ha- are continuing our, our coverage, or whatever you want to call it, our reviewing of 90210. We're on episode three. Carol, why don't you uh, tell us what what the episode was about this week. Sure. So, uh, Brandon, yet again, practices saying no. Like You, the you good, got his name right, which is good. Yeah. Like the good after-school special boy that he is. Um, <laughs> episode starts off with he... Okay, well, I'm trying to think about how it actually started off, but I know like Steve his dream. Sanders... Oh, yeah, his dream. He dreamt about surfing. Yeah, about going to the beach. Yep, he was, he was, it was kind of a funny uh, shot too because it's just showing like all this water dripping down his face. Like you can tell it's supposed to be hot, like sexy hot, not hot, hot. And um, it's not, in my opinion. I don't know. He, he, he's not, he just not do it. No, he's too, he's too pretty. Yeah, he would have made a really pretty girl. Yep. But he's not a manly man. Although I guess it makes sense that he is twins with, with Brenda. Uh, don't you think that, that twins that are male and female, don't you think one usually looks more masculine than the average of the gender, the female, or the male looks more feminine than the average of the gender? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I've had that much experience, um, to, to speak to that. That's my, uh, that's my non-expert opinion. But okay, so he wakes up having dreamt about surfing. And some blonde chick. Yeah. And then Steve Sanders' mom mm-hmm. asks him uh, to make friends with Brian, da- 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 David da- David Silver. Yeah, his mom, who we never see. Yeah, all off screen. She's uh, she's like John Forsythe. Uh, I guess he's Bosley. <laughs> well, I mean, I I don't know. I think the point here is we never see her, and neither does he. You know. Oh, okay. It's kind of taking like, it deep. Well, I mean, he's talked about it all the time. Yeah, but you're you're you are giving the director or the writer uh, 
you know, giving them credit to have that kind of a profound thought as to how they present this character. I guess. Because um, we he watch, start watching at one point he starts watching her show, and which he says he never watches, but we still don't see her. We just see her name. Yeah. I guess that's supposed to imply that's the only way he can see her. Maybe, or I really think he was just watching it for the first time because David keeps talking about how great it is. Maybe. So she's asking him to make friends with David because his dad is Mel Silver, the pro- producer. And so I guess he is producing some films she thinks that you know he would have a part for her in. So she wants uh, David to basically make an introduction through, through uh, or Steve to make her an introduction through David. So um, he actually, even though he's acting like you know he would never do it or whatever, he actually does um, go out of his way to try to talk to David and starts trying to make friends with him. And then when he tries to reap the benefits of the work he's put into that relationship, he says, hey, maybe, you know, me and my mom, since you're such a fan, and you and your dad could all get together for lunch. And um, he's like, oh, well, yeah, but let's make it dinner because he's usually in surgery in the afternoon. Right. What kind of surgery does he do? I thought he was a producer. Well, no, he's an oral surgeon. Yeah, Mel Silver. He's like, your dad's Mel Silver, right? He's like, yeah, Mel Silver. And he says, Mel Silver, the producer. And he says, no, Mel Silver, the oral surgeon. Right. And then, I mean, Steve is so mean because he's just like, I wasted all this time on the wrong kid and storms off. Yeah, the wrong dork, I think. The wrong dork, yeah, you're right. Or dweeb or something like that, he says. Something insulting. So, I mean, that's kind of the end of that little B story for the episode. Um, so Brandon then is, Oh gosh. Okay. He is talking to David and his little blonde friend whose name I can never remember. It's just the blonde friend. Oh, David wasn't there. No, it's the one that, that it just goes away at some point. Yeah. He goes into, I guess it's a computer lab. I mean, we don't have one at our school. I guess they're uh, they're pretty posh. Well, yeah, I've heard like the private schools in like Birmingham have them. Yeah, for sure they do. Um, but he's creating the perfect floor plan for a dance club. That he's never been to a dance club. Right, but he's using his imagination to figure out what the perfect floor plan for a dance club would be. Uh, so you know, he sits. He's like. Brandon goes and sits down, and these two, like, meatheads come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. These, um, like, jocks, and they start harassing him. Brandon tells him to stop, and then all of a sudden, first appearance <laughs> of Luke Perry. Finally, Dylan! <laughs> he, he, uh, he swings around and instantly looks like James Dean. <laughs> And uh, basically threatens him, says, hey, you know, I got bad news. I'm not in a good mood today. <laughs> like all right. this stuff. And they're like, whoa. Yeah, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I mean, he didn't even threaten them. He's not a big dude. Like, they were bigger than him, and there's two of them. He j- they just, they're intimidated by him. It's the attitude. I guess. And so they, they scram. And then Brandon goes to seek him out while he's reading a book. Yeah, he's sitting on the steps of the school reading. And somehow they end up going off together. Like, Brandon has a free period. He wants to buy him lunch. Yeah, let's do lunch. (laughs) And so, you know, Dylan thinks that's dumb, I guess, and and instead they go surfing. So his dream comes true when he meets this uh, 
pretty blonde girl there at the beach that's friends with Dylan and a couple other guys. Yeah, what's her name? Like, Sarah. Yes, yeah, But they Sarah. call her Betty. Betty. Because that's what they think she is. A Betty, yeah. A Betty, yeah. Which I guess is a surfing term? I guess. Is that like uh, how the Australians call women Sheilas? <laughs> Maybe. I'm not familiar with this term, but... Um, yeah, so he he's kind of flirting with her. It's obvious they like each other. And then the next day... He ends up uh, lying to his parents. Now, oh, Andrea had gotten him to agree to do that's right a uh, editorial, which he didn't want to do. Yeah, about moving from the Midwest to Beverly Hills. And um, so he lies to his mom and says that he's been working on it for hours and that he's going back to the library to work on it. So he's skipping dinner. By the way, the teacher gave him a look like uh, oh, like yeah. she wanted in his pants. Oh, yeah. It was really creepy. And, you know, if you remember, the episode started with them playing Hot for Teacher, like an instrumental version of Hot for Teacher. I think that's what it was. That's my That's my speculation, but it could have been... Some other sort of kind of rock and roll surf song, I guess. But it, it sounded a lot like an instrumental for Hot for Teacher to me. Yeah, well. The I, beginning of it, though. I think the teacher. Yeah. I think the teacher is hot for Brandon. Possibly. It's kind of creepy. So, okay. So he lies and goes off with Dylan. And, um, like, I don't understand why he didn't just tell his mom, I'm going out with my friend. I don't know. What the hell? Yeah. They, they think they, nothing comes of it. Like it's it, he gets his he gets it done. I mean, you know, not to ruin the ending for everybody, but he although it's what four years old, five years old at this point. But he uh, he, he gets his paper done. He, everyone just talks about how he's studying all the time, even though he's not studying all the time. But yeah, nothing ever comes of it. It's not a problem. He still turns his essay in. It's all fine. Right. So I don't know why. Any of this happened. Yeah, I guess I guess they just want to illustrate that his parents are more protective than the other parents, so they have to lie to go out. But Maybe, yeah. That could be it. I know, and his mom's having some kind of like weird midlife crisis through this whole episode about the fact that they moved and dad's gone and all this shit, so maybe he just didn't want to deal with her. But um, <laughs> he goes out with Dylan, and they run into the two guys and Sarah. Right. I think they were going to a movie... I think that's what they were lying to go in into a club. They're in line to get in somewhere, a movie yeah. club, something like that. Yeah. And instead, they decide to go off with Dylan. And it's kind of funny because the the two boys are asking Sarah to join them, and then these other two doofuses from the beach are like, "She's with us." Yeah, we're like, staying here. They're they're drinking all the time. She and goes stuff. where we go. That's funny. right. It's like she's not even with them. I but, mean, but they own her somehow. Right. It's really fucked up. But. They all decide to go out together, so Dylan has them follow him to this fancy-ass hotel. Right. And they act like, you know, they're, like, sneaking in, like, they're, like, I don't know, being doing some kind of ninja shit, getting over to the couches. It's it was like, like the Mission Impossible music yeah. was playing. Do, 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 <laughs> do. And then they uh, break into a suite and order room service. Yeah. That doesn't seem very realistic to me, does it to you? Well, how it turns out, yes, but not <laughs> not in reality. I mean, if you broke into a suite and ordered room service, I mean, I guess maybe because they charge it to the room. But but what if nobody's staying in the room? And, and if somebody yeah. is staying in the room, then how would they break it in the first place? Yeah, that's true. All of it's true. 
So, anyways, it, it turns out that they're not really breaking in because this is where Dylan lives. Yeah, Brandon, being the dork that he is again, is yeah. like, is oh. like uh, yeah, I'm not about uh, getting into trouble and, you know, like breaking into people's places and stuff, you know, getting thrown in jail. So he's going to go leave. And Dylan goes out there to talk to him. And then the waiter or whatever brings up the room service and talks to Dylan by name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... And he's like, this is, and Brandon figures it out, you know, this is where you live. And he's talk about how his parent, this is one of his parents' places, and that they're out of town all the time, so he never really gets to see them. And, you know, he's like, oh, it's just fun for them to think that we're doing something bad kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, he's being the good guy that we, we know that he is from having seen him in later later seasons. And um, trying his to character's give, really weird, but yeah. It is, yeah, he is very weird. But, you know, yeah, he's trying to give his friends a thrill, but also kind of keeping everybody safe. Mm-hmm. So, um, Brandon still is all pissy and, you know, throws a temper tantrum and leaves anyway. Yeah. I don't I don't like how he acts in this episode. Yeah. I, I don't like how really any of them act at the beginning here. <laughs> and um, then he goes to the beach with Kelly and Brenda the next day. And Tori Spelling, I saw her. Yeah. Donna was there too. She actually had one line where she says hi to Brandon and then Brandon leaves and then Tori Spelling says, oh, your your brother's so cool or something like that. Oh, gosh, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's why Kelly wanted Brenda to bring him because she knows that Tori Spelling's into him, but I think she might be kind of into him too, it yeah. seems like. Well, and again, we, we know that they're going to end up together eventually, so. Well, Yeah. That's how, that's how our last season ended. Yeah. I mean, they at least slept together. I don't know if the... Who knows if that relationship will, will you know, stay working out, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I have faith in it. Okay. Well, that's good. But Kelly is a complete and utter selfish little brat. Oh, yeah. Who, when they decide they're leaving and Brenda says, okay, let me go get my brother, just leaves without her. Just yeah. strands them at the beach. Just takes off. Like, who does that? Kelly, apparently. Early season Kelly. (laughs) She's much more snobby now than she eventually becomes. And then... I um, guess having to go to California University, that public university, uh, really uh, puts your ego in check. Right. So then Brandon finds the beach bums uh, Mm. hanging out again. And they're all drinking. Yep. And of course, he's too cool to drink with them, which, you know, whatever. And they say that they wouldn't ever hang out with people from West Beverly. (laughs) <laughs> they don't know he goes to West Beverly, oh. but there's a bunch of people from West Beverly there. Right. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, we're, we're, we'll stay away from those snobs or whatever. <laughs> and, um, you know, Sarah's trying to offer him some of her drink and stuff and yeah. he's, he says no and she's flirting with him and, and she's like, I thought you liked me. And he's like, I do like you, but this isn't you. Yeah. Yeah. It hits home. And he's like, call me, call me, you know, tomorrow when you're sober or something, something along those lines. Yeah. Then, when Brenda finds him, they happen to look out and see that she is washed up on the shore. Right. Well, she's washed up in the water. Yeah. She's not on the shore. She's close to shore. Yeah. So, she's not breathing, and he, he like, saves her life by doing CPR and everything, which is cool. They call the paramedics. Yeah. (laughs) So, she ends up going to the hospital, and they're saying, you know, that she's an alcoholic and, you know, teenage alcoholic. It's kind of weird. Um... What's weird about it? Well, I mean, that she could drink that much. Yeah, I guess it depends on how old she is and when she started, but... 
The doctor said no one drinks that much for fun. I disagree. I see people drink quite a bit for fun. Yeah, but there's a difference between drink, like drinking a lot in one sitting at a party and drinking all day, every day. Right, but do we know that she drinks all day, every day? This is the first time we saw her drunk. Well, uh, I think that's the implication, that she drinks all the time. Yeah. And the doctor's saying, you know, with the amount of damage to her liver or whatever, that she doesn't, uh, you know... Because they, they mentioned that, it, you know, it's winter, so it's a little colder at the beach, which obviously it would be. I, you know, I don't think very many people in California even go to the beach when it's when it's as cold as they're intimating it is. I don't know. It was pretty crowded looking. Well, yeah, but this is a TV show. True. I'm talking about reality. Okay. But anyway, the, the doctor said that her body temperature had already dropped two degrees, which can happen with people in the throes of severe alcoholism. I wonder why. Like, I wish that I could ask that doctor questions. Like, I don't understand that at all. Well, alcohol is a vasodilator. It makes you... A lot of people have the misnomer of, it's cold, let me drink some, warm myself up. It doesn't. It You know, it's a vasodilator, so it actually decreases your body temperature. Hmm. Okay. So it just, she got colder faster. Yes. Okay. So, um, Brandon has saved her life. Yay, Brandon. And he ends up writing a paper uh, about... The Green Room, which yeah. is the name of this episode. And what they call the being inside of the perfect wave. Yeah, that's what the Green Room is. And he equates it to, you know, adjusting to life in Beverly Hills, basically. And basically saying that, you know, he's looking for more than what's beyond the surface. And he hopes other people will look that way, too. So he's just saying he's open to... Real relationships, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Right. He's had two relationships so far that have both uh, ended in, uh, we'll probably never see them again. Right. So, um, okay, so I think that's pretty much how the episode ended. Am I forgetting anything? No, so we haven't We haven't gotten to the point where there's a bunch of different storylines going on. Right. Like there is now, like in the, right. in the shows that air now and the shows that will presumably air in, you know, next fall. Um, there's not as many di- disparate storylines. Mostly we follow either Brenda or Brandon. And the other people are sort of satellites to them. Right. And, you know, obviously as it goes on, that changes. the They become more full-fledged characters with things going on in their own lives. Because we barely see Andrea. They only, the, we see Andrea in two different scenes, and both of which she's interacting with Brandon. Right. So, yeah. That's that pretty sense. much it for this episode. Okay, and then we went to the theater and saw a pretty cool action movie. Yeah, we saw uh, Speed with uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu. I know. Keanu Reeves and uh, what was that girl's name? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, yeah. Bullock. Yeah, Sandra Bullock. So, yeah, we saw Speed. Uh, I will. Let's do first impressions, I guess. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. What did you think? I really I really enjoyed it. Um, my only complaint was it seemed a little to drag a little bit towards the end. Yeah, I think it's probably about 15 or 20 minutes too long. But yeah, I mean, it definitely like kept you engaged the whole time. Yeah, the so I guess we'll just kind of go through it. Um, the beginning is a terrorist plot where... They, he, um, the bad guy's played by Dennis Hopper, 
in a very interesting and weird performance, but he plants a bomb in an elevator and he, you know, explodes it and cuts all the cables and then he's got bombs on the emergency brakes on the side. I actually know someone who services elevators and this is, you know, entirely accurate how it how it how it is with, you know, if the cable ever breaks, he's he's always told me um that it's almost impossible for those cables to break. Obviously a bomb would would certainly right. ca- would certainly cause that. But he, you know, he's told me like on on their own, it's almost impossible for those cables to break. But if they ever did, there are four brakes on each side that stop the elevator from falling, and that's exactly what happens. But he's got bombs on those as well, and he wants three million dollars for you know, or he'll explode the elevator, and the thirteen people on board will be killed. So Jeff Daniels, Michigan's own Jeff Daniels, <laughs> and oh, and Keanu Reeves. Uh, you know, arrive at the scene with the rest of the police. They check out the bomb in the elevator area. I think they're part of the bomb squad. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, they don't really make it clear other than their police, but uh, Jeff Daniels seems to know a lot about bombs. So I think they're part of the bomb squad. They go out and check the bomb, uh, you know, in the ele- in the elevator shaft. And you can hear he's listening to them. He's got some sort of listening device, and he's he's listening to them as it as it goes on, and sort of kind of gets an idea what they're doing, but he's not really sure what they're doing. So Keanu Reeves talks about how he thinks he's going to blow up the bomb either way, and they go and find this crane that they attach to. Luckily, there's a uh, there's a, a slot right for it to attach the yeah. crane. But they attach the crane to the top of this elevator so that it will not fall once he blows the things. And then they can try to get the people out. Which is exactly what they do. They end up getting everyone out. And everyone lives. And Weren't you terrified, though, that the elevator is going to crush somebody in half? Yeah, yeah. That, I, I definitely thought that was going to happen. That There's a woman at the end that... Uh, you know, is very afraid and she doesn't want to get out. And, you know, Keanu Reeves is reaching for her, like, come on, let's go, let's go, you know, and and she finally does, and I thought that they were gonna it was gonna chop her legs off or something like that. But it, it doesn't happen. Then they come face to face with Dennis Hopper's character. He takes Jeff Daniels hostage. So uh Keanu Reeves shoots him in the leg <laughs> to take him out of the equation, which is something he alluded to earlier, because I guess they do pop quizzes with each other and so he you know he's like you know freeze you know and everything he's got a bomb strapped to him he walks out into the parking garage and then there's a giant explosion so everyone thinks he's dead doesn't take very long for us to realize that he's still alive and then he puts a bomb on a bus blows up this bus i guess just to kind of show keanu reeves character this is what is going to happen to the other you know the other bus the bus that's the actual star of the movie (laughs) um and he tells him you know it's bus 2525 and you know go get it so he gets on the bus and then most of the movie plot wise is just them on the bus trying to figure out what's going on and and dennis hopper you know there's a bunch of uh, stunts that they have to do with the bus you know and everything uh but eventually you know they uh they figure out a way to get the people off the bus without dennis hopper knowing and then they go into a subway at some point, yeah, and then that, it becomes a mini movie of the ex- pretty much the exact same thing, only with a subway. 
Yeah, that was a little too much, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's where it went a little too far. But, you know, they do have the, the cute scene there in the subway where um, she is handcuffed to a bar in the subway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the tracks on the train run out and, and he decides he's going to speed the train up and he stays with her. And, and after everything's happened and the train's crashed and she's like, you didn't leave me. You stayed with me. And yeah. He's like, well, I didn't have anything else to do at that particular moment. Right. It was cute. Yeah, I guess it was fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, Sandra Bullock was in Demolition Man last year. And, you know, obviously this movie uh, this year, and this is a big hit uh, as far as films go. So, I, I don't know. I think, like, she might have a uh, a future. You know, yeah. she, she seemed, uh, I like her. Maybe. I mean, she's pretty. She seems good enough. I don't see anything really special about her. Hmm. Really? You don't you don't like her, huh? She's alright. Eh. I guess time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to get into plot-wise with the movie. Like I said, it's a pretty, it, you know, it's, I wouldn't call it standard, but it's a pretty static plot where they're in a place and they, you know, we've got to, they, they try different things to try to figure their way out of it and everything. Um, some of it reminded me a little of The Chase. Remember when yeah. we did that movie? Because they're on the they're on the highway for a lot of it, and uh, obviously there there's you know police all around and TV helicopters. It was less it was less about the TV stuff though than it was in the chase. There didn't yeah. seem to be that overt type thing. But I'll tell you, it was a really really exciting movie. It was it was very good. It was definitely the best action movie I've seen maybe since Die Hard. Yeah, I mean the the time just flew. Yeah, it was it was a, a very good movie. I, I enjoyed it. You got anything thing else to say about that? Um, just that, you know, the scene where the bus jumps. I, I, I know you said that they must have really done it because they have the footage. I don't know. It doesn't seem like realistic to me at all. Well, I mean, it's it's obviously rigged and there's some there's some editing in there. There's some cuts in there. So I'm sure I'm sure they had some kind of big ramp, you know, and everything uh, much bigger than the little ramp that we right. saw in real life. That wouldn't work. And, and obviously... Even if they were able to do that like they did, you know, they filmed it and everything. I'm sure what they don't show you is that all the tires exploded and right. uh, and the bottom dropped out of it and stuff. Because <laughs> trying to jump a, a, a bus that large over the thing. What did you think about Dennis Hopper's motivation, by the way? Uh, I, it was stupid. I mean, he spent his whole life. Working on the bomb squad, disabling bombs, protecting people. Mm. And then he's just pissed off because he had to early retire or whatever. And all that they gave him was, you know. They gave him a gold watch, watch, which he uses as part of the detonator. And his pension, right? I mean, it's not like they screwed him out of a pension. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I think they found him through the pension fund. He was collecting disability. So it's like he wants $3 million. Why? Like, if there was a a subplot of... You know, they slashed the pension fund or somebody, one of the, one of the, the mayor or something like that squandered this money in some way. And then, you know, it it depleted the pension fund for the police and he didn't get money that he deserved or something like that. Then maybe at that point I could kind of see it, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't even from Los Angeles. He wasn't part of that. You know, there were... 
there were a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of little things that I think could have been improved, could have been cleaned up, maybe connected a little bit better. Yeah. But as far as like a full out action film, it was, it was definitely worth it, I think. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. So if you haven't seen it, uh, you know, go and check out Speed. It's a really good film. So, we will end this episode as we end all episodes with our blockbuster pick of the week. Carol, what is your pick of this week? Okay, so Man's Best Friend is... Oh, yeah. It's a really good, scary movie. Ali Sheedy stars in that. Yeah, well, this dog is, like, somehow modified <clears throat> to be, like, the super dog. Like, it can climb trees. It has, like, heightened senses and everything. It's got a super bark. Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> it's really cool. Um, and then it somehow turns on, I think, the kid. Mm-hmm. And it turns into a horror movie because this kid who had this great dog, it's now, you know, after him. It reminds me of Child's Play. I haven't seen the movie, but your plot summary of it reminds me of Child's Play a little bit. Really, it reminds me of Cujo. Well, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that that for sure. But it's just like Child owns a thing that then becomes evil and right. starts to attack it and everyone else. Yeah, I can see that too. Uh, so, my pick this week is The Pelican Brief. Ooh, also a good one. Now, we, uh, what was I going to say? Ace Ventura is coming out this week, just Ooh. so people know. Carol obviously didn't like it as much as I enjoyed it. Uh, but we have already talked about that movie. So, if you have that tape, go back to that tape and you can uh, listen to that. Uh, but so I'll talk about the Pelican Brief because we haven't really gotten into that. It's based on a book by a writer named John Grisham, who has uh, he's done some uh, some interesting uh, novels. I've read a couple of his books, and he used to be a lawyer. Now he's uh, a writer, so he has a lot of his books are about the law or lawyers or trials stuff like that. This is uh, a, a law student. Julia Roberts is a law student who is you know uncovers this basically this conspiracy it's a very good movie denzel washington stars in it as well uh they're obviously both big names and good actors and they really carry the film so the pelican brief it's sort of a i would call it a a suspense like a legal suspense legal thriller so if you're into that stuff i you know it's probably the best one you're gonna find out there right now yeah it's definitely good all right, well, that is our show for the week. As always, tell a friend, send the friend some tapes, and uh, you know, get them into uh, listening to our show. You can always make copies of these these tapes and send them to your friends. Put some money in Carol's locker. Write me a note. Put it in my locker. Do all those things. As always, no change though. Yeah, no, no change. All right, so we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.